Charlotte Soccer Show. We're back on a victory Sunday in the Queen City, Danny Brams. It's it's fun to be back on the show. Cheers to that. It's We're winners, fun. baby. It's it's fun to be back on the show after a result. Three points and a lot of pride gained for Charlotte FC and its supporters. We're here, Danny Brams. We're at OMB. We're at the original microbrewery in Charlotte, Old Mecklenburg. This is the spot to be. This is one of we've done several episodes here and it's been a while it was was time to come back and with the change of seasons you can hear the birds in the trees you can hear the music going there's been some birthday parties here going on it's It's a good vibe it's a really nice vibe and we're drinking we're welcoming in the fall we're drinking mechtoberfest it's you know it's a seasonal brew that they do here at omb every year and you, as the, as you can hear the people's reaction behind me, just the mere mention of Mechtoberfest gets the people going. It's one of my very favorite beers in Charlotte. I am a huge fan of Old Mech Copper, and when the Mechtoberfest comes around, I make the switch to Mechtoberfest. I've never had a, a bad thought about it. I don't throw this around lightly, but uh, this beer is, I would call, nearly perfect. It's golden brown. It's got a really nice ABV. It drinks easy. It does. It goes down so smooth. It just—it's a—it's the OMB Mechtoberfest. It's one of our candidates for beers of the season when we get to the end of the year. And for that, sure, that's going to be an episode on the Charlotte Soccer Show feed. Check that out. Beers of the season—it's coming because Danny Brams. There's only 3.7 matches left. We're almost done in the season for Charlotte the FC. The finish line is very visible. We can see it, and life as a Charlotte soccer fan in year one is come into a, a what I would call a changing of a metamorphosis where it's a it's a life change it's a new stage of where we're at kind of like a caterpillar becoming a butterfly yes we now have to sort of morph ourselves into uh, second year fans we've been first year fans and now we need to take on our new form the next version of yourself exactly exactly it was truly a remarkable sight Melanda again Absolutely mm-hmm. crushing it at the center back position when we talk about our future. Yeah. Nathan Byrne came in as well at that right back position. Caught the eye, as we like to say. Danny Ramsey, <laughs> we were in the supporters section together. And by the way, I should mention it was a 1 0 Charlotte FC win after Christian Fuchs red card in the 54th minute. In case for some reason you didn't get a chance to see the match, um, Danny Brams and I, we were in the supporters section. We saw Nathan Byrne come on. Nuno Santos didn't get a chance. See where, where was Nuno? I, I, I would have wanted. To, I would have loved to see Nuno start that game. It, but the reason he didn't was the change of formation. And I want to know what you think as the tactician, the resident tactician of the pod, getting that tactical view in the supporters section. How did the four four two look to you the first time we've seen Charlotte FC busted out in months? It was it was phenomenal, and the reason why is because the bouncer was in there and could do his mm-hmm. job. Right, and he was bouncing early and often. Yeah. Exactly. He was catching fake IDs, no <laughs> sandals, no ball caps, no cargo shorts. He, it was beautiful. The, yeah. Everybody that dropped their name was on the list. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he even ushered himself into the back of the net. Yeah. And he picked up a goal. He was he, Danny Rios, listen, and I think this is really important for Charlotte FC fans to understand because I've seen people tweeting before the match, some tremendous friends of the show, I saw them tweeting, you know, if, if I see Rios in the lineup again, I'm going to be upset about it. If Rios is back in there, I'm going to be upset. And I think after the performance on the road at the start as the lone striker against Cincinnati, 
I think you can look at that and you can say, yeah, I don't want to see that again, but it doesn't mean he shouldn't be in the lineup. Right. No one was against, at least no one in this corner, we're huge fans of the bouncer. We've been, we've been, uh, this is a pro the bouncer podcast since day one. So we never had a problem with Danny Rios being on the pitch against Cincinnati. It was the fact that he was in there instead of Carol Swiderski. You put them out there together, and beautiful things can happen. They can combine for a goal, like we saw. They certainly can, and I feel like Danny. It's it's been a while since Danny Rios was relevant on the show. So for any new listeners or new friends of the show, when we call him the bouncer, I, I, I want to explain exactly what that means. And when I say he did it so well, it's hold up play. Mm-hmm. It's his ability to take a pass, hold the ball up, retain possession move the ball to a midfielder or another forward to to continue the progress going forward. And he does that unbelievably well. And he was doing that so early in the match on Saturday afternoon. We kept looking at each other like, the bouncer's bouncing, baby. He was bouncing. It's looking nice. He had a lot of nice plays. And we were bouncing in the supporter section with it. He was creating scoring chances, even whether it was for him or whether it was for someone else. He was creating chances. And... It was a nice bit of hold-up play, really, that started the whole thing that got us our goal, when you think about it. Like, the reason we were able to get the ball and own it in the attacking third and Milanda was able to get a shot off and we earned a corner and then the corner kick comes in and and we do a little set piece, you know, a little short corner, kick it out to Carroll. Carroll looks up. One thing Carroll said in the postgame, he said, I looked up, I saw a numerical advantage, and I sent in the cross because that cross needs to happen every time. He said, if there's a numerical advantage, you need to cross it any time because anything can happen. And I couldn't help but wonder if he was almost saying, you know, he was the one that sent the cross this time, but like... He was talking usually, to everybody else. Yeah, he was talking, he's like, usually I'm the one that's in the box and y'all need to be crossing it to me, motherfuckers, for sure. But 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 what Danny Rios does is he allows Carol Svidersky to get in certain positions mm-hmm. that he can't by himself without a strike partnership. So the tactical change to a 4-4-2 was, was welcomed with, with open arms. Yeah. And I think We were excited just when we saw it in the pregame. When we were at the tap room drinking in the supporters, we looked and we said, oh, 4-4-2, okay. We started, the buzz started building even from that moment. Absolutely. And to, to even the point where our substitutions, right? Andre Shinyashiki comes in for Danny Rios. Mackenzie Gaines comes in for Carol Swiderski. He didn't change the formation. He, he took he, Camille Uzviak. I think he is interesting, right? We talk about a 4-4-2, right? With Camille playing in that formation, not in a winger role. I actually think we found finally have found Camille Uzviak's the position. The Polish bull, the dogs are loving it. The dogs are barking they for are. the Bulldog. I, I feel like we finally found his position. Yeah, I, I mean, let's just look at the results. We just had better results as a club when we run a four-four-two as opposed to a four-three-three. We just, I, I we Uzviak ha- is so good on the defensive end of the pitch, Danny Brams. He's a bulldog. Where in the four-four-two, he has more defensive responsibility. Sure. And he can't get as far forward on the wings. Yeah, sure, he has freedom to roam. But. Yuzviak in this role in the 442 is like finally when I think about next season when I think so about the changing of when I, when I want to feel better about something going into next year the only question is who's the manager and is this the formation that they choose well 
as you know, if you listen to this show, we already have decided Latanzio's fate. We've made that pretty clear where we right. stand in the last episode. One win doesn't change that. It was a nice win. And Latanzio did pull a few nice strings. I would have made some defensive substitutions earlier. I think I was like lean, leaning on you and Kevin in the in the supporters section. I was like, guys, bring these defensive subs in, please. Right. Let's go. Like, let's like I wanted to see him a little bit sooner, but they did commit. I would have loved to see Jalen Lindsay in that game in for Harrison Apple a lot sooner. Probably like right after the red card, but Whatever, Latanzio pulled the strings and got the win, so it it was a little nervy. It was nervier than it needed to be, and I know you were not happy to see our, us forced to defend with ten men for so long. Well, uh, and that was I was going to say is the 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 elephant in the room. The the what we haven't addressed yet is the violent conduct red card in the fifty sixth minute. <laughs> I love I love when you get a violent conduct card. It just sounds so brutal. An early goal for Charlotte FC, front foot football for yeah. most of the match. And we were right up in exactly. Like even though we didn't get a ton of great scoring opportunities, I just felt like we were in control and, and had a, a goal ready to a second goal was coming until the worst thing that could have happened in the second half of that match was a Charlotte FC red card. Right. Because what happened after that red card is the game absolutely flipped on its head. Charlotte FC were defending for their lives, and it's a minor miracle yeah. that that NYFC didn't equalize. You, know, you notice that New York City brought in immediately brought in Maxi Morales and uh, Santiago Jimenez, like uh, Santiago Rodriguez, excuse me, like their two main, two of their very best attackers that they benched because they're both kind of oldish. Well, actually, Santi's not that old, but Maxi really is. So they had just played midweek, so they rested, they rotated a couple guys. But yeah, once they smelled blood and it was like, okay, it's down to 10 men, they subbed in their their A-team attackers against us. And it became a huge feat for Charlotte to, to have to, to, to end it. And there was a couple chances. Kalina actually came up huge. There was one point-blank shot that where they got open and Kalina had to catch up, had to make a diving save and catch the ball. If he'd given up the rebound, it probably was coming right back at him. Kalina... Kalina looked like he had been working on his his hands a lot this past week. He and was catching everything. Not just his hands. In, in the supporter section, Danny Rams, you kept talking about how Kalina he was doing well booting the ball. He said he you, he then skipped leg yeah, day. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he was kicking it farther than I've seen. Like his his deep balls off goal kicks and drop kicks were going very far. They were getting down into like the opposing third. I was like, this guy's not skipping leg day. He's catching everything. He's probably been doing those wrist exercises, you know, just like <laughs> Kalina has kind of come uh, in for some criticism lately, and I feel like he stepped up big time. A, a huge. Anytime you have a Kalina sheet, right? You, you have to yeah. to to reap praise down on Christian Kalina. Just for, just quickly, if I may, just some some sofa score ratings for uh, Charlotte FC on the match. Uh, player ratings. Um, Christian Fuchs, lowest-rated player on the field, a 5.8 for for Captain Fuchs, who had to give the armband to Brant Bronico. What that tells you is he wasn't really playing terrifically well before the red card either, to be that low. Who was 6.4, rated with a yellow card, the second-worst performer on the pitch for Charlotte FC. So to, to have those two players as the weak spot for this, for this club and still come out, with a W, I think is a really important thing, and I think the the entire squad and the substitutes yeah, that came on. I'm going to take a slight issue with Sofa Scores rating there. 
because I don't think it captures the 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 tone that Brant set when he put the armband on and said, "Okay," because didn't he? What, part of that score is going to come down for what we would call a professional foul. Did weren't we praising that great yellow card he took late in the game to yes. like cut down an attack? He was like, "You know what? Fuck it. I haven't got a yellow yet." I'm going to take a yellow here to shut this attack down with like five minutes left in the game. It was a critical time. Yep. And so that's going to hurt his sofa score rating, but that's that's a move that we saluted. And I'm glad that you mentioned that because I'm a huge believer in player ratings. I'm a, I'm a huge believer in analytics. I'm a huge believer in statistics. But I'm also a huge believer in the eye test and that sometimes advanced metrics like – expected goals, expected assists, all those things now that you're getting in the modern age of soccer, they all lack context. Right. And what you just did is you put that rating into context, and I 100% agree with you, that everybody on the on the pitch from Christian Fuchs's red card on deserved a high rating because they mm-hmm. bought into what needed to happen yep. in order to secure the three points. Yeah, and be- I would call that one of the best yellow cards of the season. You know, yes. if you put it out in those terms. Yeah. yeah it just it, came at the perfect time. It did. It, it absolutely did. And uh, Carol Sferderski comes in. And by the way, SofaScore has this uh, this formation as a 4-3-1-2. Yeah. I don't, I don't know that I buy that. It seemed more like a 4-4-2 to me. But it's just funny how, like, it, it can switch just based yeah. on – you know what you see out there, which it felt like a you know it felt like we were playing a four four two, but then Kerwin Vargas, you know his role in the squad, he's not much of a defensive player, so that's why SofaScore is saying. And if you look at, I would be interested to see his heat map in the game, and it's more of a four four two. It's more of a four four two heat map look. Yeah, he's really hanging out there on the right wing, For sure. and that's something that I noticed. And I'm glad that I looked at his heat map here, which you can find. Um, and it gives you a great perspective on a match when you see what the heat map looks like. Vargas and Yuzviak's width. Impressive. They were out there on the lines. And that's what that 4-4-2 does for you. Yes. It just it, it makes you wonder why we didn't go to it sooner, I guess is all you can say. When you, when you look at the results and how, how much more threatening we looked and how much... We, the- Carroll had freedom to actually go do some things. Look at the difference here, Danny Brams. Kerwin Vargas, his heat map compared to Yuzviak's heat map. Yuzviak all over the field. Yeah. Yeah, I would not call this Kerwin's best game. I think Gaines is better than he is, and Gaines, if we're if we're prioritizing our young guys, I think Gaines should start over Vargas. They're both very young, so it's not like you're sacrificing any development there. Yeah, I think that they're... It's great to have those two competing for a spot. Yeah, right. Gaines coming like you knew that you know that Gaines has the inside track to that spot though because he subbed in when we were leading. Like um, they made an offensive like for like sub to get Gaines in there to make sure that Gaines got a good percentage of minutes on his first game back from injury. And I would expect him to start over. And he looked pretty good. Yeah, yeah, he looked all right. I mean, he there's a couple balls. There's a couple. There's a couple times they kicked it out to the wing to Vargas, and he didn't quite wasn't quite able to track it down. And I was like, "Ooh, Gaines might have got that ball." So that's just where I stand on it. So we're we're now uh, 17, 16 minutes into the podcast, and uh, the vibe is good here at at OMB. <laughs> uh, a little different uh, from our, our recording midweek in the Z Shed ahead of this NYCFC match, and 
I just want to be clear that based on the table right now, even with the win, not much has changed. Sure. Still behind Atlanta. Right. Still well, way out of the playoffs. My, the goal for the I, – I understand that the playoffs is, is not going to happen. I, I don't think we would have done the episode we did last week if we believe – like, we – we shut the door on the playoff dream, and I think it was the right thing to do. It just is what it is. So what that did for me was take a lot of the pressure away, and that's why I'm able to just enjoy this final stretch of five and a half games, and we're one win into it now. And the goal is two. There's two goals. Finish above Atlanta and score as many goals as possible. I would have liked to see more goals against New York City because they're not – they are a pretty in bad form Would team. work twice. That's true. Right, exactly. We could have scored more for sure. And Milano almost scored his debut goal. I think Nuno Santos is going to bring some interesting attacking verve when we we move forward. I like our chances to go to Chicago. We're actually tied with Chicago in the table, so this is a clutch, clutch match we have coming up this upcoming weekend in terms of this this will go a long way towards deciding our ultimate finish, whether we're 11th or 9th in the table and whether we can maybe get to 8th or 7th, you know, up to 8th. I don't think we'll get to 7th, unfortunately, because that's the playoff spot that we will fall short. But... Beat Chicago, anything can happen. Atlanta should have lost to Toronto on Saturday and somehow was able to eke out a win. So I want to finish ahead of them. I want to score a bunch of goals and finish ahead of Atlanta. I don't think that's too much to ask for. And that's that's where my head is at for the rest of the season. Charlotte Soccer Show, John Hayes, Danny Brams. You can follow him. Make sure you do that, at Danny Brams on Twitter, at For The Crown Baby as well. You can follow us there. We had some really fun times. You can go to at For The Crown Baby and you can see our vantage point of the game Saturday afternoon. Was yeah. it was it going to be a wet one? What was the crowd going to look like? You know what we said? Let's get to the supporters section and let's get down in there near the Blue Fury. Let's get down in there near the drums yeah. Yeah. and let's get after it. and Breathe the blue smoke. We, we, we absolutely did that. You can follow me at John Hayes on air as well. Huge win for the crown on Saturday. And it's one of those, and and this is where I think soccer can really dictate, you know, a real emotional feeling. Right, right, yeah. I feel great right now. And I think most of the supporters do. And that's what results can do for a fan base. That's what results Danny Brams can do for a club. That's what results can do for a city and the goal is and the goal always has been and I've been thinking about this a lot lately and I'm really glad that I have the opportunity on mic to say it again is that from the inception of this franchise I had one goal and it was to get into the CONCACAF Champions League to win the CONCACAF Champions League and then go to the Club World Cup. And play Barcelona. <laughs> and play Barcelona. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, that's yeah. what this has always been about Right, that's the ultimate end goal. Charlotte FC versus Barcelona in a competitive match. I love it, yeah. You've said, that's not the first time you've said that on on the air, and I, it's, it's a worthwhile dream. It's a worthy dream. Last year was the first time ever an MLS team won. Yeah. The CONCACAF Champions League. The Seattle Sounders, Sounders will be going yeah. to the Club World Cup. That's the dream we want for us. That's the dream for the club, and that's that's something I don't want to lose sight on. So when you hear me be negative about the club, and I, did I expect that in year one? No, of course not. But always the cup. 
but it's important to maintain. I'm a dreamer, Danny. Yeah, yeah. And you're not the only one. Charlotte Soccer Show, John Hayes, Danny Brands. These Mechtoberfest beers went down smoothly. It's so good. We're going to be back for a second segment from OMB in Lower South End. Loso, right after this. We're back in these beautiful mugs here at OMB are just like radiating the perfect color of an October beer. It's Mechtoberfest. I, <laughs> I don't know how to put it any other, like, it's like a one word, it's like a secret word that you just like, just can just say and everything becomes better. You just say Mechtoberfest and just like life becomes instantly better. It's absolutely insane. Cheers to you. Cheers to you as well, Danny Brams. It's a, it's a changing, it's not fall yet, but we are very, very close to fall and, and in Charlotte here, you're gonna get some hot days in September, but all of a sudden those cool mornings are gonna start yep. peaking up. And all we had on those cool evenings. <laughs> we actually had what I would call almost ideal situation on Saturday, which was it rained all morning and that it was a little bit of a drag that how soggy everything was. And yet the rain cleared up by pitch time, by kickoff time. And we actually had a really nice cool afternoon with cloud cover. And it was a dream scenario watching the boys on, on Saturday. I, there was one thing, though, that disappointed me. And it was that I was prepared from the second that I woke up in the morning to when I knew that I was going to be in the supporter section, that if it was going to pour rain, my shirt was coming off. Yeah. You were bragging earlier. You're like, go, it's shirts off, boys. Let's go. Yeah. If, it's, if, like, we, if, right. we, if we get wet, we're going shirts yeah. off. Yeah. Because the temperature's right. You're not going to get sick. It's still in the 70s. Yeah. But no rain ever came. It didn't. It, yeah, it, it, the rain pretty much stopped by the, the time the game kicked off, which was was bad. There were a few people in the se- in the section that had shirts off. Oh, damn right they did. A few people oh, went yeah, there. A few yeah, people yeah. went there. Of course there, they did. Sure. I, and I was proud of them for doing yeah. it. But hey, I'm the type of guy. I set a rule, and the rule was if it poured rain yeah. and we got soaked in yeah. the section, it was going to be shirts all time. It didn't happen. We, we didn't pop our tarps, but we still have some games to go this season to figure out how how fun and how crazy we can get. Uh, yeah, in the supporter section because I know Danny Brams that's m- my first time this season having a full supporter section experience yeah I was in this is technically my second time in the supporter section but the first time where I was really close near the drummers near yeah, the yeah, Blue yeah. Fury yeah we got up, I was, we sat up real nice and close I was bouncing yeah. Danny wasn't yeah. the only one bouncing and I'm not talking about Brams I'm talking about Rios <laughs> yeah we were up in like the 15th row it was great and you you see, I always talk about how you see all like the the local celebrities. You see like all the Charlotte celebrities, like, oh, there's the Sombrero guy, you know. Oh, there's Lee from CLTFC, you know. Oh, there's Tavit, you know. You see, oh, there's the uh, there's the yell leader with the the blue hair streaks, you know. Uh, well, she's extensions. the best. She's as good as it gets. I, I, I don't. Yeah. I, apologies for not knowing who exactly she is. I need to figure it out. But you know she, her on site. She was. You see, you can spot oh, her, her, on site. her and I yeah. had a moment. Really? Oh, oh yeah. We, her and I had a, a, a moment during Hell the match yeah. where she was looking for people to get a little wild, a little crazy, and jump up and sing a song. We locked eyes, and we were bouncing, we were jumping, we were singing, we were having a great time. Shout out to the Yell Leaders, the Royal Family, and yes. the TFOs, and this everybody in this community who like makes be like 
Charlotte FC's had highs and lows this year. And we are at one of our lowest lows was the Cincinnati loss. And yet the fact that we can come right back and just like be this community and have such a great high. I don't think that the New York win gets us back into the playoffs, but damn, it makes us feel better. And just everybody around this family that we're building is just realer than real. It's a beautiful thing. You know what makes me even feel better about Saturday? Is that, I mean, and, and I'm not trying to exclude anybody in this, so please do not take this the wrong way. Because I know life events happen. And I've missed matches this season. Not many, but I've missed a few. I, I've yet to miss one. Danny Brams, he's 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 <laughs> going not, for perfect I'm attendance, not, ladies I'm, and gentlemen. I'm not here to police other fans' behavior, but I haven't missed any games so far this year. <laughs> Saturday, based on the weather at 11 a.m., Saturday was for the real ones, Danny yeah, Brams. Yeah, it was for the real ones, for sure. You had to truly believe in this club, and you had to believe that he, despite the downward trajectory of everything that had happened in the recent losing streak, you had to believe that by showing up at this game, you were going to get a great experience, and God, by God, you did. You did. So shout out to Kevin Anderson. Shout out to, to your colleague, my former colleague, Hannah. For, Hannah. She's for a real one. Hannah Milby is, uh, if you don't know her, she's a Char- She's like the most like under-the-radar Charlotte celebrity out there. She's always at the making the scene out there at events. And she's a ride or die when it comes to Charlotte FC. This she probably has probably has the record for the most matches attended without having purchased a ticket so far. So you know <laughs> she just knows the right people. She knows how to get free tickets to the game, and she's a ride or die with us in the supporter section. And she went big. She stuck it out in the line for the bobblehead at the end of the match. So yeah, you know like one thing. I, we didn't really plan to talk about this, but there was a there was a discussion going on in our mentions on at for the crown baby on Twitter earlier this week about how there's not enough women out there, you know, making their voices heard in this community. And we've been proud to feature Kayla Burns Hefner as a voice on this podcast. We probably could do it more. We've actually tried. We were going to have a few women like sit in as guests, and like things didn't work out on episodes of the shows. We tried to do even more, but like. Shout out to the women and men and just everybody who's making this happen. But this community would not be with what it was without the Charlotte FC women as well. Let's just give them some props. Could not agree with you more. And that's why Charlotte is a soccer city. Because Charlotte is a melting pot. And there is no better melting pot than the game of soccer, my friend. Right. You're just looking around. When you're, when you're in that crowd and you're looking around, and you're seeing people cheer, you know, People cheering the United States, I people mean, cheering Mexico, we're people cheering in Colombia. Spanish people, in the yeah, stands. exactly. Danny yeah, Rams, exactly. like we're not, you know, it's like we're, we're 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 chanting in Spanish, and that's that's because we are proud to be a melting pot. Yeah, we are proud of cultural diversity. Yeah, we are proud you of take, diversity. Period. It's all about taking a little bit from here and mix it up with a little bit from there, and then blending something from over that's there. How, that's how you get yeah, the special exactly. sauce. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That, that's that, what Charlotte. That, that's what makes Charlotte a great city to live in for me. That's that's what makes Charlotte FC the keep. That's yeah. what makes that stadium a place that's a fortress. Yep. Where if you really need to get three points, even though your season is gone, your season is over, your interim manager is on the hottest of seats, you can still right. show up playing out the string. You can still show up and play what a string it was, and yeah. play for thirty-five minutes in the second half, defending your fucking ass off. Yeah, like it means everything. And that's what brought me back in. It's like, even even people that don't necessarily love defensive soccer, 
I mean, it was all about it on, yeah. in the second half. And, and, yeah. and maybe maybe people have picked this up about me throughout the throughout my time on the show. I know that you have. But organization in the back is, is to me, where it all starts. Right. And Charlotte FC was so organized yeah. on Saturday. It was like Anton Walk shout out. Yeah. Anton Walk shout out. Christian Kalina communication shout out. Adil Simolanda poise shout out. Walks had his confidence back. Derek Jones shout out. Derek Jones part of the effort. The destroyer. You know? Derek the destroyer. The the iron fist and the velvet glove. What I loved, I just kept like I was in awe because he never put a foot wrong. Every he never put a head wrong. Every time the ball came to him, he moved it on to the place it needed to be. I was just absolutely in awe of his performance. What did Sofa score rate, Derek? I want to know, like, what was Sofa Score's rating for Derek Jones? Because it's not high enough. Because this guy was absolutely putting on a master class. 7.3, which is a solid That's rating. pretty nice. Yeah, yeah, for no goal, no assist, 7.3 is going to – and that, that just reflects, like, well, let me rattle how off good some numbers. he was. Let me rattle off some numbers. Hit me. Accurate pass is 31. That's 80%. Pretty solid. Ground duels won, four for four. Aerial duels won, one for one. Never lost a duel. Never lost a duel in the air or right. in the ground. You don't duel with Derek. You're going to lose. You know, come on. And <laughs> Silly New York FC. Duels are for freaking Jones. Let's go. <laughs> I'm thinking about, like, you know, Derek Jones. And, and, a, and a duel, it's a stat that we should talk about more on the show. Yeah. Just because of the nature of our podcast. Yeah. It's for the crowd, baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I challenge thee to, <laughs> to a, a duel, duel, you know. And you don't want to challenge Derek to a duel. Right. But like for such a like a, a large man, and we call him Derek the Destroyer because he does have that rough edge, but like he's so silky at the same time. That's why I love this the, the whole iron fist velvet glove thing. I'll keep saying it because like he just knows how to like blow up a play and like steal the ball and then like slide the ball out into a, a transitional offensive attack. It's amazing to get. I love what this guy's doing, and I, I wish. We could have. I wish he would have only had more minutes in the season. I'm glad that he's finally playing. I hope he continues. Um, like I said, the only thing I'm worried about is, is he's playing too well, and now Latanzi will move him back to the bench because he's been in too good a form. <laughs> it's, you know, it sounds crazy, but all you have to do is just kind of look at recent history to realize that actually could be a realistic scenario. Uh, next weekend against Chicago. We're not going to preview that game yet, Danny Brands. No, we're, we're, we're going to do that later in the week because I'm not in the mood. I'm still basking in the glory. Right. We're still, yeah. The 24-hour rule can apply to the players and coaches, but for us, it's like a 72-hour rule. We're still celebrating, for especially sure. at this point in the season. And we want to give a shout out to to all the tremendous friends of the show that could could make it to the keep yesterday. Want to give a shout out to all the tremendous friends of the show that couldn't make it to the keep I on Saturday sh- because life happens. I want to shout out our. Good friends, Michael Volak, Jenny Swatling, hosting a beautiful tailgate for us before I'm the bummed match. I missed it. it was a good time. Mike cooked up some barbecue burgers. There were brats. There were turkey dogs. There was a beautiful mac and cheese that was cooked up. There was chips. There was plenty of drinks were flowing. It was it was beautiful. a good, good little tail. It was in the lot like off to the side of the official tailgate, and it, you know like that's just one of those cool things that people do sometimes you want to go to the official sometimes you want to host your own just the way it works there's nothing better than hosting your own daddy yeah Yeah, Uh, they hosted a good one and and, uh and uh yeah jenny's jenny's father was in town went to his first ever soccer match ever steve and his wife was celebrating her birthday you know know, life was beautiful the the sicko in me i'm really glad that that jenny's father his first soccer match 
he got to see 35 minutes of like defensive. Yeah, just like pure defending. We're, we're gonna defend yeah, our grit. fucking asses off. Yeah, and like if you don't like it, it's it, it, at first. Trust me, keep watching. You'll enjoy yeah. it. Yeah. You'll enjoy it. I mean, how could you not like what you were seeing with Melanda with some of those clearances <laughs> late? Like, oh Milanda man, his clearances were awesome. Up, yeah, for his, sure. His, when we needed the defense, Melanda and Walks were there. They did what they needed to do. Um, I, I want to see how many clearances that that Melanda had. I feel um, like Walks got his confidence back. Five clearances for for Melanda. You know why Walks may have gotten his confidence back? Because just like we love a strike partnership. We love a center back partnership. Yeah, exactly. And Milano yep. gives him great cover. Yeah. He's a good, he's a better player. Yeah. You know, he's got Guzman Carujo there, which is great. When Walsh is next to Guzman, he's much better than he is without him. Right. When Milan is there, Walsh is much better than, right. than he is without him. As much as we loved what Sobosinski was able to show in a couple of appearances before he got his knock, I think he instantly kind of falls behind Milan. That's something I'd love to hear from the TIFOs and the Queens guard is like, do you rate now? What, who's your start? Who's your starting center back pair for the rest of the season? Is it Melanda Walks? Is it Melanda Sobosinski? Is it Walks Sobosinski? Which way are you going? Like, I think it's probably Walks Melanda for me, and and Sobo Cop, despite the b- brilliant nickname, probably re- reverts back because he's Melanda's just sh- what he's shown in just a few matches is is absolutely insane. And at this point. You know, we did the whole, like, murder mystery thing theme last episode, and, you know, we kind of fingered Latanzio as the guilty party for the crime, and we said that Zorin was, you know, sort of the accomplice who was on probation, you know. Uh, the reason we couldn't finger Zorin for the crime was because he had these signings. And, you know, like, he, he had that sort of get-out-of-jail-free he, he, yeah, card. That, he's not put away for life. Yeah, I didn't want to slam Zorin until I knew how these signings were going to work out. And after two games of Milana in the starting lineup, I'm starting to find my my head tilt towards clemency for for old Mr. Cronetta because the signings look nice. Burn even was catching the eye, as we say, and if Nuno could get in there, things could be pretty interesting down the stretch. I was going to let you get away with it the first time you said it, but now that you've mentioned it again, I thought Nathan Byrne got cooked four or five different times in his Byrne right was getting burned. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, you were saying it. I, I know. We were having this conversation in real time. You're like, Byrne, what the fuck? Is this guy Burns getting beat again? I just thought he was getting a little cooked. Yeah, but he had coverage. He knew he had the coverage from Walks and Melanda. Yeah, yeah. He did. He did. So, I think uh, the, one, the reason why we didn't see Santos is because the red card happened. And Yeah, good call. If, if the red card didn't happen, we would have seen him for sure. Makes sense. I didn't even think about that, but you're right. So, follow us on Twitter, at For the Crown Baby. We don't have tremendous friends of the show questions tonight. We will certainly later in the week. Yeah. Because after a win, there's a lot of things to think about. Yeah. We want things player-specific. At this point, as we change the season, as we change into next year, right. Right, we can be super focused on these next couple matches, which is, right. which is what I want to ask you about, about – there's, there's two things that are going to happen on this show for the remainder of the season. We're going to talk to the tremendous friends of the show about next year. The players that we have, how they can make an impact, what their long-term viability is at the club, what their short-term viability is at the club. What you're going to do for us, Danny Brams, is you're going to give us a window into why these games actually matter down the stretch. Yeah. Because I looked at the, the fixture list, and I said to myself, like, Sure, we're, we're theoretically playing for a playoff match. But 
the clubs we're playing against have a lot on the line. We got a chance to play spoiler. And that may not be what anyone dreamed up as their great scenario for how they wanted the season to go. But, hey, if you can't make the playoffs, the least you can do is prevent someone else from getting there. And the fact that we play Chicago, we have a chance to eliminate Chicago from playoff contention next week. And we're pretty bitter about, against them for what they did coming into our stadium and beating us. So, the, the Shaki- so let's go Let's go knock Chicago out of the playoffs. That'll be fun next week. The Shakiri game? I'll never forget that game. He yeah. really dominated that match. Columbus needs points more than anything. They're currently sitting in seventh place. They do have a couple games in hand on teams ahead of them. But on 41 points, they should feel nowhere safe. And if we can play that partial game, that sort of makeup game against Columbus... We could knock them out of the playoffs. How great would that be? That would be absolutely tremendous. We play at we play at home against Philadelphia on fan appreciation night in three weeks. Philadelphia is trying to get the supporters shield. We can knock them off that. We can prevent Philadelphia from finishing first place overall in the league. Their first ever supporters shield. You know they want it. Well, and we can be spoiled for that. I hate to say this to you, man, because I know that you're the MLS fucking expert around here. But it'd be the, it'd be Philly's second supporters shield. <laughs> Dupe, baby. Dupe. My bad. Sorry. My bad for giving bad information. But Philly is having one of the all-time historically great MLS seasons in terms of goals allowed and goals scored. They have the most clean sheets in MLS history, I think, in a season already tied, and they still can set re-break that record as the season goes on. Let's make sure they don't break it against us. Let's make sure we score some goals against Philly at home. For what it's worth, I'm from Philadelphia, if you haven't figured that out by now. So I typically know what's happening with the Philadelphia sports teams, and and the union for me is is different though. I was gone. I was out of town. Right. You know, I was I was already up in uh, Bristol, Connecticut. Started my career in the business. I've Open. been to more home Philly Union games than you have, which is one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly right. But I do know that they they have won the Supporters Shield, which was the which was the first great season they had in club history, and they actually right. won the whole fucking thing. They have a really great Not squad. the MLS Cup though. They have a really great squad. They have a really great coach, Jim Curtin, yes. and they have a really great development academy. Philly is a franchise that we should emulate, for sure. Well, here's the problem when you say that, right? I I agree with you, but, and this should offer some interesting perspective if you want Charlotte FC to become Supporters' Shield champions and an established MLS club. Do you know how long it took for Philadelphia Union? Ten years. It took them ten years. It took them a decade to get to where they are today. Yeah. And there was nothing in that decade, nothing that happened. Right. No, no, No hardware whatsoever. Yeah. Ten years in, they finally got some. Yeah, I mean, we that's why we hope to follow more along the lines of uh, LAFC and Atlanta United in terms of early success and getting right. hardware in the, in the trophy case. You can combine to, those things. Yeah. You can you can tell you take what people are doing now, Danny, and you can combine those things. But we can play spoiler on all these and, teams. And we can even – we've already spoiled New York City FC. NYC FC. The double. A, we our first ever double over an appointment an opponent all year, which is amazing. Like our good friend Jess Charman, she was like, she has said it over and over again. Charlotte does not have a double over anybody. We finally got one, which is awesome. Against the the reigning MLS Against Cup champions. Against the defending chumps, yeah. Exactly. Ima- imagine that, imagine before the season, I said to you, I said, Danny, there's going to be one team that Charlotte FC beats twice. It's going to be NYCFC. I never would have predicted NYCFC. That, I would have predicted Cincy. I would have predicted Miami or Chicago. Never would have made NYCFC my call on that one. But we did it. The double. The double. To the double. To the double. <laughs> Cheers to that. And pretty appropriate considering NYCFC plays most of their matches on a ridiculously small field at Yankee Stadium. 
Yeah, and and they can follow the playoffs is what I'm trying to say. They, they, they're a team that had a, the playoffs kind of locked up, and all of a sudden, after losing twice to Charlotte FC, they're in trouble. So what, is playing spoiler like what you go for as an expansion club? No, but it is sort of a little bit of schadenfreude and a little bit of a, you know, little victories, if you will. We got to have we got to hang our hat on something. And if we can finish ahead of Atlanta, if we can score a bunch of goals in our last 3.7 games, and if we can knock a few teams off their goals and plans, I call that a job well done. So we've got that to look forward to um, over the next month, basically, until this season, this this inaugural year is is over. And just saying that sentence out loud gives me a sense of accomplishment. And I think it should give everybody a sense of accomplishment. Hey, speaking of accomplishments, there's only one Charlotte-based team that plays in Bank of America Stadium that accomplished a win this weekend, and it's Charlotte FC. Right. It's, it's a fantastic fan experience. And it's what I've, what I've said from the very beginning, is that Charlotte is a soccer city. Mm-hmm. If you don't realize that, it's because you have your head in the sand. Mm-hmm. If you get to one of these Charlotte FC matches, you'll realize that, wait a minute, there's something brewing here. That this isn't just a fad. There's actually a culture in this city that is in place to support a professional soccer organization. Which is pretty fucking awesome to think about because what that translates into is success. It's got to come eventually. It's got to come eventually. We need the right coach. We need to hit on some designated players that make a little bit more of an impact than, than Yusviak has. I'm all, I'm, Yusviak has played his way in to a spot where I'm not opposed to keeping him on the team at a, at a lower salary than ne- Which is year. what I think is going to happen. So, but he doesn't even make a million dollars, just so you know. So let's hit on our DPs. Let's add some some elite attacking talent to go with Swiderski. And the sky's the limit for what we can accomplish next year. The ultimate disconnect, though, comes down to... It just comes down to a point of where having the richest owner and the lowest payroll just doesn't work. It's just like, it's just on its face, like intuitively, like you put that, you tell me that, and it's like, okay, that doesn't make sense to have the richest owner and the lowest payroll. We've got to meet in the middle somewhere with that. Since you mentioned it, that other club that played in the stadium this weekend, <laughs> we saw their lines on the pitch. Yeah. During the match on Saturday, we yeah. put up with it. Yeah. The yellow lines. Hey, maybe we should paint yellow lines every match. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. If it gets us the three points. Exactly, yeah. Follow the yellow brick road. The one thing that I think is crucial here, and I'm dead serious about this, is that David Tepper, Danny Rams, has potential to be intoxicated by Charlotte FC's success. Right? Win matches. Yeah. 30 plus thousand in every match. Money flowing into his pockets. Right. All of a sudden, five, six years down the line, after three good seasons, right. he looks at Charlotte FC and goes, holy shit, they might be more fun than the other boys. Yeah. I mean, not, not only have we sold the second most tickets in the league this year, we've easily sold the most merch. So, like, this first year has been a windfall for Tepper Sports Entertainment. There's no doubt about it. I don't have the numbers, but I feel fully confident 
you, they say never count another person's money. I'm going to count this money and say there's a lot of it flowing in this year based on merch, based on this hype and excitement and, and all the that first year buy-in that so many people gave, like thousands of, like pe there's people who have spent thousands and thousands of dollars of their disposable income to support this club. And there's, there's hundreds of people who have done that in this city. So like you know how great the team has been economically it's time to pay back some of that investment and support with with foregoing some profits and investing in the quality of the team because it'll pay off because imagine look at how much we've sold for a team that didn't even make the playoffs this year imagine how much people would get hyped and play for a championship contender Ooh, it's it's crazy to think about yeah. that, that home playoff match sure we'll uh we'll bump that goal to next year and charlotte loves a, a winner when, when the NFL team is doing well, when Cam Newton had this team going to the Super Bowl, Charlotte was on fire on a week-to-week -week basis. The whole city was blowing up and just like had like an electricity and a buzz across the entire air of the town for months at a time. Imagine that being uh, an entire summer as Charlotte FC is going on an MLS Cup winning run. The Charlotte Soccer Show, it's why we do it here on the podcast you can follow us on twitter at for the crown baby make sure to follow the conversation there we have a good time make sure to follow us on youtube charlotte soccer show might have a little a little highlight video oh. coming up might be a uh, a little little edit coming for the people i've got to i've got to post my video from the stands yeah yeah and yeah in in the supporters section right there with the blue fury man the blue fury they, they don't fuck around do they Danny Bruce? yeah they don't fuck around whatsoever. When it comes to supporters groups, we're blessed to have a lot of good ones in the Charlotte FC community. Give me the Blue Fury every day. I'm a, I'm a member of several groups, including the Furia. They're not the only one that I'm a member of, but damn proud to be a member for sure. He's Danny Brams. Follow him as well at Danny Brams on Twitter. You can follow me at John, Hare, John Hayes on air as well. And do yourself a favor. Come to OMB. Spend some time in the beer garden this fall. The temperature is going to be great. Right. And the Mectoberfest is Drink absolutely Fest. <laughs> out of control. It's a golden brown. It's just like... I just kind of want to yeah. look at it. Yeah. It just... It's the perfect beer. We're going to be back later in the week with listener questions. I want to do a show. We're going to preview the Chicago match this weekend, Danny Rams. But I want to do a show this week and answer as many TIFOs questions as possible. I think I'd really have fun with that. I'd enjoy it. I know you'd be up for that as well. Rapid fire? Yes. As, as I'll, I'll give you rapid fire for 45 fucking minutes on the pod. But for now, as we sign off here on a Sunday evening, a beautiful Sunday evening, hope everybody has a great week here in Charlotte. And as you know, it's always for the crown, baby.